0: This is The Fear of Science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that dives into the wild world of science and science-adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Along the way, we meet special guests and discover lots of things about science and ourselves. My name is Daniel Chai.
1: And i'm jeff porter
0: and jeff i am super excited to dive into today's (laughs) subject first i I need a drink of water because uh (laughs) you you know uh when when we get started i'm sure it's going to be an exciting conversation no doubt about it
1: (laughs) wow that was an impressive amount of puns all at once I have a feeling this is going to be a a deep conversation about water as well.
0: Ah, (laughs) Uh, I'm very glad. I think these were all that we were able to come up over a 24-hour span. Uh, (laughs) We ran out. But uh, I am excited because uh, we are discussing uh, a huge topic, uh, which is...
1: The fear of deep water.
0: Now... Joining us in our virtual studio, I'm very excited to uh, uh, welcome our special guest. Uh, Our special guest is uh, co-owner of the Orca Swim School based in Seattle and is the creator of the Foundations of Change learning method. For over 20 years, she has been taking adult non-swimmers from fearful beginnings to realize their wildest dreams. Her unique teaching is so highly regarded because it is based on training and healing the mind so you can practice, you can learn physical steps. Taking swimming beyond the pool and into life, she has been training students and teachers locally and across the United States, as well as in the United Kingdom and Singapore. Please welcome Corey Micah.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Corey, glad to have you here, and uh, Jeff. I'm I'm excited to talk about this subject, uh, you know. But before we do, you know, Jeff, I want to do a check-in with you. Uh, Jeff,
1: do you know how to swim? I do. Yeah. Um. So this has been an interesting episode to kind of research as well, because I've never had a fear of swimming at all or fear of water. My mom was actually the uh swimming teacher in the town i grew up in um so i i've been swimming since a very young age i went up to i know that now in swimming lessons they have like a different system but at the time i got up to i think it was white which is one step before lifeguard training um so yeah like i don't swim at all anymore but i did back in the day
0: uh for, for myself, you know, uh, uh, I learned how to swim as an adult. So that's why, Corey, thank you for all of your hard work taking uh, people just like me from uh, fearful beginnings into the shallow end of life. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I learned, I learned how to swim. Uh, my, my dear wife, uh, Jenny, she got me swimming lessons for my birthday a couple of years ago. And I, it was a fascinating experience, which I think, you know, I'd love to, you know, explain a little bit more, you know, later. But, you know, now, now I think that I'm, uh, I can say that I'm not afraid of swimming. I'm not afraid of, say, like, deep water. Wait, let me, let me rephrase that. I'm not afraid of swimming. I'm still afraid of deep water. Mm -hmm. Am I alone? Am I the only one?
2: You are not, and actually, when you were asking that question, if I can dive in here, I was. My thought was, I wonder what they think swimming means, because it's such an interesting mm. question. When you say, "Can you swim?" You know, people. It's yeah. What's the base point? What is it that you call swimming?
1: That's that's a good question. What what do you what is swimming? Now I'm questioning everything in life. <laughs> I, I'd imagine. My guess at swimming is, well, one, being able to tread water. That's very important, right? But that's not really swimming. As I see you shaking your head, no. I'm
2: shaking my head. It's not very
0: important.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Well, swimming must obviously mean
0: being able to float on your back, right?
1: (laughs) I believe believe that's floating. Oh,
0: I'm getting some nods. Yeah, yeah. We're getting closer.
1: (laughs) I can do the breaststroke and uh the uh what's the the weather one the crawl the forward crawl
2: front crawl yeah
1: front crawl yeah
2: or freestyle mm-hmm.
1: yeah now, freestyle uh, is just when you like flail your arms and legs everywhere right
0: so <laughs> please uh cory for for jeff and myself as well as our wonderful listeners uh what is swimming
2: yeah. Well, how we define swimming. So all the things like Jeff, you were saying different, part, different ways people can swim, right? The breaststroke mm. is a type of swim. Front crawl or freestyle is a type of swim. And even I'd say treading water is a type of swim. But they all go, there's like a foundational piece, which is really about understanding how your body and the water works together. And it's about being able to move from here to there with comfort and ease, getting air and rest when you want, and being able to come back to calm if something unexpected happens. That's how we define swimming.
1: Interesting.
0: So it's so swimming is not just um, it, it's not just the technique, but it's a process. It's it's the it's the whole. It's the whole piece, not just uh, not just the the during, but it's the before and the after being able to come back to calm.
2: Right, I'm right. Learning so much.
1: Wow, Jeff,
0: this is amazing.
1: That that's really cool. I didn't even, I never even thought of it that way. I assumed that the technique of of learning these strokes and everything was was the art of swimming.
2: Yeah, all the the strokes and the, as you say, technique, that's about efficiency, right? That's about Uh. being able to go fast over time and distance. But if you're talking, I always give the example around here. I'm in the Seattle area and we have ferry boats. And I always say, if you fell off of the ferry on the way to Bainbridge, you're not going to front crawl the rest of the way. You're going to like be in the water and wait for them to put the the rescue boat in and come get you. Even me who's an expert swimmer, I'm not going to like try and swim the rest of the way there. But I'm still since I'm in the water and I'm getting air and rest, I am that's swimming. It's still swimming. Even if you never see me do a front crawl or a breaststroke, I'm doing the th- the activities I'm doing would be called swimming. And it's about keeping myself safe and calm.
1: Now, are there a lot of people who Don't know how to swim? Um, It sounds like a kind of ignorant question because I I learned how to swim when I was a kid and I've always known um, swimming. But are there? Yeah, are there a lot of people who don't know how?
2: There are a lot of people. So there was a a Gallup poll survey done. It's pretty. It's kind of old now, but the numbers still sort of pan out here in the U.S. The um, CDC still sort of vets out these numbers that. It's like half of the adult population doesn't know how to swim. So um, about 46% are afraid in pools and about 64% are afraid in deep water oceans and lakes. So, you know, we could say approximately half don't know how to swim, half of adults. And I think it's actually higher than that now.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, to to, uh, build upon that, you know, uh, when, when you meet new students, when, when they come to you and to, uh, and to your school, uh, what do, you know, uh, uh, do you find out why adults, you know, have uh, why perhaps it may have taken them so long to want to learn how to swim? Do they, do they share it? Are some perhaps even a little embarrassed to share?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely there is this piece of embarrassment or shame, you know, um, so people don't talk about it. That's why when I say the statistics, people are oftentimes like, what? Because people who don't know how to swim kind of don't talk about it. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. So, and it is, um, you know, like Jeff, you had said, well, my mom was the swim teacher. Like, it's just part of your family way of being growing (laughs) up to be around the water, and so it really is an activity that is passed generationally. And so, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, Daniel, that maybe one or more of your parents didn't swim or wasn't part of your growing up experience to swim. And that's usually the case we find.
0: So um, yeah, you know, uh, I think that this may uh, this may be jumping into question number two. But uh, you know, for for myself. Uh, I wonder if it has something to do with when I was younger. So uh, up here in in the Vancouver area, the Metro Vancouver area, uh, at the White Rock Pier. Have you ever visited the White Rock Pier, either of you? Uh, No,
1: I've never been there.
0: It's very beautiful. Um, But uh, I remember being young, and I was told about this when I was older, but still young. Uh, There's a pier... And apparently, I fell off of the pier into the water, oh. and and then I think my uh, my dad dove in to save me. And I have no recollection of this, but um, like I've I love the ocean. I love going out on the pier. You know, I've been on a uh, on a few boats, but uh, you know, swimming for so long was just something that I I thought that I just could never achieve or never learn. Was it a near drowning experience? I, I can't remember it, but my parents told me that it happened. So, um, yeah. Well, even
2: that piece, like your parents telling you about it, that this is part of your growing up story, even if you can't remember it, right? You were then given that story. Like, oh, be careful. There was that time, right? right. It, mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, Oh, you know, you took, you may have just taken on that story, even if you don't remember the event, just the mere talking about it, then you start to own that identity.
0: So, um, uh, now, uh, uh when that happens, you know, for, uh, now, but before we, we move forward, I, I am curious. Uh, so with Orca Swim School, so for yourself, Corey, you know, we, we've learned that Jeff has been swimming when he, he was a child and for myself, I learned how to swim maybe three years ago, time, time is meaningless right now, but uh, (laughs) for yourself, you know, have you always been a swimmer? Have you always loved swimming? You know, uh, uh, what, and what takes you from being, you know, someone who enjoys swimming to owning your own swim school?
2: Yeah. Well, I didn't ever finish a swimming lesson when I was a kid (laughs) because (laughs) The teacher would do things like, okay, swim out to me. And I'd say, don't step back. And they would say, all right. And I'd start swimming back. And then they'd step back. And I'd like, in my six-year-old defiance, well, you're a liar. I'm not doing this. I'm having none of this. And I would refuse to go. I applaud
0: that six-year-old (laughs) you.
2: Yes.
1: That swim instructor never heard of trust exercises.
2: Hell Yeah. So, yeah, I never finished a swimming lesson, but um, it I had a distrust of the teacher, not the water. And so I, mm. for whatever reason, had a love of the water, and so I still went to the water. It was part of my family culture. We had neighbors who had pools, and we did swimming vacation things. So um, I really taught myself how to swim uh, as a kid, and um and just always kind of had that love of water. And, and uh, that was, it's what I started doing when I was probably 13 years old of going to the community center and volunteering at the pool. That's how, you know, it was either go to summer camp being in summer camp, signed up that I didn't want to be at or find a volunteer job. So I went to the pool and volunteered at the pool. And um, so it was my thing, but yeah, so really, so that piece of my, that experience of my, of, of being a kid myself and not really being in a trust, trusting situation. So, um, all my summers of teaching swimming and we eventually, my husband and I, we weren't married at the time, but we were working at a pool and we realized we could do this ourselves because there's something missing in the traditional swimming lesson program, which really is about that trust building piece. It's not to say that traditional swim programs don't have a trust building piece, but, There's a lot of like pushing people through and, you know, really, you know, doing the levels and, you know, fitting people into a machine of a system and which that works for some people. Right. Um, And but as we all know, with any kind of system, it doesn't work for everybody. So um, that's really where we started our swim school then is to meet Kids at that time, we did kids on a more individual level and um, was really about slowing things down to make sure that everybody feels really safe and secure to have their natural learner come forward and really understand themselves and the water.
0: Now, yeah. uh, for do you teach? Uh, you know, uh, I suppose that during the pandemic, things have shifted a bit. Um, but but in, uh, in under normal circumstances, do you do most of the teaching in a, in a pool or have, have you, is it appropriate to learn how to swim in an ocean?
2: Um, you could learn to swim in an ocean if you were in a nice warm ocean that had a cove to it. Ah, <laughs> um, <heaven. laughs> I mean, so like we take students to Hawaii, And so students who have already, you know, done a foundational class with us, we go to Hawaii. And so we find, um, you know, beautiful beginner beaches, Kiki beaches, they're called. um, And they have coves, so they're protected from the waves, so people can really explore. um, Because there's lots of other fears that come up when you talk about open water, mostly around animals or visuals or... Be, ideas of being swept out or the moving water and things like that. So you, it's really controlling for as many, um, aspects as you can. So you can explore different assets, you know, one at a time, but in Vancouver and Seattle, right. oh, okay. learning in the yeah. ocean, probably not the most fun thing to do. Well,
0: <laughs> well you know, uh, I am curious cause you know, uh, uh, swimming, you know, I think part of the reason why I, wanted to learn how to swim as well you know uh, all my life is because you know not just for eventually getting to hawaii but you know (laughs) whether it is in case in case of emergency in case of a flood or if if on a cruise ship and then something happens uh for some reason i sign up for the titanic 2 and i'm like how did i not see this coming (laughs) you know um But, yeah, you know, but I think that, you know, learning to swim in a pool and then swimming in, you know, in the uh, title's episode, title of this episode, Deep Water, that's very different. Yeah.
2: Well, the water works the same. and (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If it's two feet of water or 20 feet of water. The good news about learning in a pool versus the ocean is you float more in the ocean than you do in the pool because of the salt water. So I always tell people the pool is as bad as it's going to get in terms of whatever your buoyancy level is. Um, But, and this is the key part, I think really the key difference of how we teach versus kind of traditional programs is we're really teaching people to understand Um, The emotional side of it, too, because the biggest danger in the water is Mm -hmm. panic. So that's why when I said with our definition of swimming, it was about having something unexpected happen and you can come back to calm. And um, that is really what we teach people is how to come back to calm or how to know if they're starting at calm, how they if they're moving away from it and how to come back to it. And that way, they can be their own trusted guide.
1: Yeah, and I think you know the the deep water is it's such a different beast um, because of that fear of the unknown, not knowing what is underneath you, and your mind starts to kind of get away from you, and you're like, okay, well now there's twenty sharks underneath me that are coming up to attack, or the one that always kind of freaks me out is like. Every time you hear on the news that someone got caught in a current and you're like, what does that mean? Where are these currents? Why are they catching people? Where are they going? <laughs> and uh, I think that's like the scary part of the deep water.
2: Yeah, well, deep water and deep water. I mean, the currents you're talking about moving water. And so certainly open water, You know, there's deep water pools, there's deep water lakes, rivers, which have the most currents oftentimes aren't deep necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there's different waters have different properties and some are worth swimming in and some are not, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you are, right? I'm not generally, I'm thinking jumping off the back of the boat in Alaska, off the fishing boat probably isn't something I'm going to (laughs) do. Not a swimming problem, but a human (laughs) body problem.
0: (laughs) Swimming, you know, um, would we, cons- uh, you know, for the three of us, you know, uh, representing all of humanity right now, <laughs> uh, would we consider that swimming is an essential skill? I I think that it is. I think that swimming is an essential skill, I think, you know, for, for um, a number of reasons, not just for safety if one ever finds himself in a in a you know uh, strange situation but you know i think it's a uh, i think swimming is almost like also psychologically it's like ah you know it's like okay uh i now know how to do this thing and in, in case i'm in uh x situation i now know how to take care of that and i think that learning skills like swimming like Learning how to uh, make a fire in a forest, uh, you know, <laughs> not during the summertime, of course. Make sure to always, always uh, be safe. But you know, it's those kinds of like survival skills that I think uh, give us a little bit more groundedness in our own belief that we can handle ourselves in a situation. As you mentioned, back to calm. That's mm-hmm. my two cents.
1: Well, I think as well, it's important if you live in Vancouver or Seattle because if the big earthquake happens we're all going underwater so you know you better be good at swimming <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, I love the idea that the essential piece of it is I mean there is a safety piece when I mean, we have here we have floating bridges you know um, and um, you know the possibility of your car going into the water is very minor, but um, I do know people who avoid driving over those bridges who don't know how to swim. <laughs> um, with those wow. thoughts, you know, we, we had a student wow. like that who was, was like, "I now I can drive over the five twenty bridge instead of driving around the lake," um, which was freeing. But it is that piece, that connection, when you have a fear in one area. Right? And to release a fear in an area or to explore and go through that process, definitely, you know, it goes over into other areas. Um, and I think the water is the most beautiful place to explore those kinds of um, topics because there's, there's such feedback right away, right? Because what happens for people in the water mm-hmm. is, um, like you said, this idea of, are the sharks there, right? Fear mostly lives in your mind. And so it's about learning how to change your thoughts and your mindset. And it actually changes your physiology in the water and your, you know, how you actually are in the water. So you get the feedback right away. Huh. When I'm calm, this happens. When I'm not calm, that happens. You get this very clear one-to-one feedback. So it's a very interesting place to understand beliefs and mindset work.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I wonder how many people um, after Jaws came out, uh, how much the the fear of deep water uh, increased uh, compared before it.
2: I think certainly all of those movies or uh, books or things, I mean, contributes to people's ideas about the scariness of, of, Open water, for sure.
1: See, the the movie Jaws doesn't scare me that much because uh, I've seen Sharknado, so I know that it has nothing to do with water. A tornado can shoot a shark at you just as
0: easily. <laughs> it's like, imagine being afraid of sharks and tornadoes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, now, for, for yourself, Corey, um, are you a fan of, of the ocean of the deep water are you do you enjoy being out on the water
2: i do um especially when i go to beautiful places like hawaii (laughs) (laughs) i'm particularly fond of warmth so uh yes so when there's uh warm water i very much enjoy it and and really that's where a lot of our students come to us because they go on vacations with their family and they like force themselves to go snorkeling or something. They're like, okay, this is my one chance. I can't miss it, even though I don't really know how to swim or I feel afraid or um, or like, well, it looks so easy. Of course I could do it. And, and it is amazing to see that whole underwater world. But um, then right. they're like, okay, but I think I'd like to do it without feeling so afraid. <laughs> I think it could be better. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they come learn. Have
0: you, have you ever snorkeled, Jeff?
1: No, I've never snorkeled. I've never done snorkeling or um, scuba diving at all. I'd love to try it.
0: Mm.
2: It's so fun.
1: Oh,
0: uh, and uh, I enjoy looking at videos on YouTube, um, <laughs> which uh, it's much safer. <laughs> Though, yeah, I, I feel that, uh, you know, now as we, you know, I mean, this it's a whole other bigger conversation, but, you know, I feel like with the way that, uh the way that you know climate change and oceans changing rising you know sea levels uh in the end uh i think that you know i think that kevin costner was really prescient
1: in <laughs> water world
0: yeah it's a, oh. it's a you know <laughs> in the end we're we're all going to have to learn how to uh uh swim or we'll go, we're going to have to learn how to live on atolls <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know i i wonder because like it, it is uh you know I, I i mean i i say that half in jest but you know there may come a time where swimming might be maybe maybe in a couple, I- of, a couple hundred years
2: Maybe, or even just, I mean, there. it is true about, uh, I, I think about what happened here in the U.S. with uh, floods in We're, the South, you know, and right. people um, in New Orleans where the dams broke after their um, hurricanes. So and, I mean, people different. are standing on their roofs and people, um, they, you heard stories, they, they did not know how to swim. People didn't know how to swim and they it was a big deal (laughs) yeah it was a big deal for them i'm sure it was uh very poignant for a lot of people and obviously super scary and tragic um situation but that is a real that's a reality yeah of Mm -hmm. water and climate
0: so with that then you know uh, uh i think that you know one thing that uh I'm wondering, as we're talking about fear, uh, you know, a bit of the fear of ocean, fear of swimming, I wonder if it would be helpful in a situation like this to talk about the joy, the joy of swimming, the joy of being able to enjoy these activities in the deep water with without that fear. Because I'm curious to know, uh, for, for Corey, and, you know, and for yourself, Jeff, uh, you know, even though it's been a little while, but it, it sounds like you love swimming and you grew up swimming. Um, what is, what are the, the techniques? What do you say to people who are afraid, but are like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to do it. I don't know how, and I'm afraid. What do I do? Like what, what's the first thing that you tell someone who wants to get over this fear of swimming or deep water?
2: Yeah. Well, we really start with, I tell people, well, we, we actually, we talk about the end. What, what do you want in the end? And I like that you brought up the joy, which is I don't just want to know how to get across the pool. I, I want to feel good while I do it. I want to feel trustworthy. I want to know I can get my air easily. All right, so we sort of build that vision of what you really want and, um, cause people do come in at the start, well, I, don't I just need to know how to tread? And, um, I need to know front crawl, but that's not the piece that they're like, no, it's those pictures you see of somebody laying back in the water and the beautiful sunset behind them or something, right? This, these kind of quintessential mm-hmm. water pictures that you see. And, um, so we really build that vision. And then we talk about, if what you, how you want to feel in the end, that's how you need to feel in the beginning when you put your big toe in the water. And so we have to like, we have to get in touch with how do you feel just putting your big toe in the water. And if you're feeling anxious, just even at that stage, we want to slow down because what's happening is people's fight or flight is getting triggered. And so we have to slow down enough to just pause in that space and to see, okay, what is it like to just sit, in this example, sit next to the pool with your feet in the water and to start to bring awareness to, wait a second, I'm actually safe right now here in this moment. My brain is skipping ahead to as um, you know, those sharks, <laughs> the 20 sharks swimming underneath me, but actually in this moment, I'm actually <laughs> safe. <laughs> and so it's really helping people right, um, right. feel that truly for themselves. And once they can connect to the safety they have right now, then we can proceed to the next step. And it's practicing that over and over again of bringing ourselves to calm every time our brain wants to go to fight or flight. And that way you build trust with yourself and you can actually be present to start to understand how the water works.
0: It sounds like swimming uh, applies, the mindset behind swimming can apply to so many things in our life. It's like, it's ah, it's, you're, you're safe, it's okay. Um, you know, there's not 20 sharks out to get you. Um,
1: yeah, I've always found, I found swimming very relaxing. Um, I think it's just because like you know, I grew up uh swimming i haven't gone swimming in a really long time and actually just having this conversation is making me be like you know what (laughs) i kind of want to go swimming um britannic community center actually because of covid i'm not sure if it's even open but there is a, a, a pool not that far from my apartment um i think part of the reason i haven't swam for a long time too though is just i you know i don't feel comfortable in my body and and just being a larger dude um you know, you always, you go there and it's always like the buff people that are there swimming and you're like, oh, um, but I do, I do love uh, swimming and it's nice too, because you go for a workout uh, and work really, really hard and get all sweaty, but it doesn't matter because you're already clean. You're already washed off.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, yes. And then you drive home and your car smells like chlorine <laughs> and it's like,
1: yeah, goodness. I love the smell of chlorine though.
0: Oh man. Uh. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a great point. Uh, r- just as a random side note, uh, I'm not, for example, I'm not afraid of pools. I am still afraid of the, of the deep end though. Um, yeah. and you know, uh, again, like, you know, even though it's, it's actually been about a year since I've swam, I would feel comfortable enough that if I was to go into the shallow end up to five feet, but yeah, you know, uh, I still do have that fear of the deep end you know and i think we talked about this earlier on but you know you were mentioning more recently that yeah people want to not be able to just go from one end of the pool to the other they want to have that joy and for me you know there is that little little block where you know the line across the pool says you know a deep drop off from here and then you know i can go up to the line and then i'm like gotta go back to the kitty end
2: yeah, well, I would say for that, it's you'd want to question where am I getting my safety from? Am I getting my safety from me, or am I getting my safety from the bottom?
0: It's I usually hmm. get safety from food. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Don't
1: eat and swim. That's not I, a good no. idea. Not making that. <laughs> <They mistake. cramped. laughs>
0: Turns out fried chicken doesn't stay fried when it's in the pool, but. That's a great point. Yes. So, so where am I getting that safety? Do you mean, do you mean uh, like when I'm in a pool, I get my safety from, from, from the edge of the pool. Ah, I can see it. It's within arm's reach. Oh, it's the bottom of the pool. I could touch it with my feet.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the inherent um, piece to unlock the deep water is to switch it so your safety is coming from yourself so you understand your your own body and the water you it right now it's been relating and most swimming lessons are like that they're like we're going to tell you what to do with your arms or your legs so you can get to the other side and that is always i mean it's a false sense of security especially if you want to translate it to open water right because the other side can be variable mm-hmm. and You know, the distance in any pool is, while it's literally concrete, it's arbitrary, right? There's nothing special about a distance of a pool. You really want to be able to swim in the water, not from wall to wall. And you can become free in deep water, in shallow water, but it's a different mindset you need to use.
1: When you have to be able to, like, believe in your abilities as well and know... You know how long you're able to tread water how long you're able to to sustain yourself in in deep water so that you know there's less fear of leaving that edge knowing you know i'm not going to go under i i have the physical ability to do this
2: or that it's okay to go under
1: yeah true yeah
2: if you're worried about going under you're you're automatically going to be more tense because you're going to be mm. resisting something that you that may or may not happen. And so that right. tension in your body prevents you from actually finding out, "Oh wait, I don't go under or I do go under, but I'm calm and I can push off the bottom if I want to or I can use my hands to come to the top when I want to or I have time. You know, there's it's not an emergency to be under the water."
1: So you're saying that that 80s movie trope Of when the parent takes the kid and just throws them in the deep end is not a good way of learning how to swim
2: (laughs) there are some people who do it (laughs) not the people we see
0: (laughs) Uh, thank you thank you both for saying that and you know because i think that uh would you find you know again we are recording this in the middle of a pandemic uh if we weren't of course we would be recording this live in Hawaii in that <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, in, in the shallows.
2: By the tiki bar?
0: <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. But uh, beforehand, you know, would you find, um, uh, are there, were, you know, let's say in, in 2019, like, are there more people? Were you finding more people wanting to learn how to swim? Like, Or, or is that, or is it like a steady number of people, like each year, like?
2: Yeah, well, here's the thing about learning to swim in the pandemic. Or so, if your local pool is open, which some of them are, um, it's actually the most amazing time to swim. (gasps) Because I would imagine in Canada it's the same as it is here in the U.S. that you have to make reservations for your spot. It's not a free-for-all I've heard anymore. of that.
0: I have heard of that. Yeah.
2: Which oh, is that's kind of nice
1: actually. I always hated having too many people in the pool.
2: Right. <laughs> You're like, am I do I have to share a lane? Am I gonna be fast or slow? You don't have any of those questions right now. So it's actually really an amazing time because you can go make sure. that reservation. You know which lane you go to. You you know it's yours, you have it for the forty-five minutes or whatever the the time duration is.
0: Uh, so Orca is still up and uh, up and swimming, as it were.
2: We are. Yeah, we are. We're, we're swimming Great. six feet apart. <laughs>
0: wow.
2: And uh, yeah, much smaller classes uh, right. so that we have that space and distance. And um, but yeah, the uh, the I really think the pool and swimming is is a really wonderful activity. I would personally I would you know, I'm a little fond of it too, but I would pick going to a pool over going to a gym right now. You know, I don't want you know, a bunch of, <laughs> at least when you're in the pool, I mean, it is proven, it's been shown over and over again that the virus doesn't live in the chlorinated water. So, I mean, you're just literally bathed in disinfectant. <laughs> um,
0: I Yeah, so I, um, I think that you know, for uh, uh, ultimately, what ultimately what I'm hearing is fear of deep water. It, you know, should uh, I think just like any other fear, I think that you know, for myself, uh, fear of deep water is something that is real, and so we should acknowledge and respect that. And I think that you know, like any other fear, if you feel that fear, honor it, sit with it, be gentle with yourself with it, but that you know uh, that fear doesn't need to always hold you back. it doesn't need to um, stop you from en- enjoying things you know uh, right. and that there are ways that you can learn perhaps with schools like Orca you know to to work past mm-hmm. those fears and to be able to enjoy deep water, the mm-hmm. deep end.
2: When it really is, it's about understand having a relationship with the fear that it isn't about holding you back. Um, because fear ultimately is not a bad thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm really happy that I have a fear of fires, <laughs> that I don't right. go sticking my hand into them. <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. handy and useful. But... Um, But I also know how to approach a fire, right? To do it carefully. I can still have my hand pretty close to the fire and get good warmth from it or cook my marshmallow or whatever it is I want to do. I don't just have to run away from it. So it's knowing, yeah, Mm -hmm. how to use it as as a tool instead of as a way to just keep you away.
0: Jeff, I think that I I have learned... A little bit more about myself and swimming in deep water.
1: Yeah, once the pandemic's over, we'll go swimming together. We'll go to the pool, you and me, Britannia Community Center.
0: Can we can we go swimming at Miner's Landing?
1: <laughs> sure, wherever you want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, now, Corey, uh, for more for uh, all of our wonderful Pacific Northwest listeners who happen to be based in the Emerald City. Uh, who want to learn more about swimming and they would like to learn more uh, about yourself and Orca Swim School, where can they learn more about you?
2: Well, you could come over to our website at orcaswimschool.com. And actually for your uh, Vancouver folks too, take a look. My first online student was in Vancouver.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, we went online. You can learn how to swim
1: online? Yeah, <laughs> you just have to surf the web. <laughs> uh, <Jeff. laughs> just don't
0: put your computer in the pool with you, please. <laughs> how does how does one learn how to swim online? Is is it like? Do you? Is it? Yeah. A, well, uh, you know,
2: we break things down into tiny, tiny steps. So we give you give it to people in even, even smaller steps because you're having that piece of doing it on your own too. But um, Hmm. because it's so much about the mindset, and um, as Maria said, that was her name, um, who swam in Vancouver, she said, you know, I feel like I learned to trust myself even more because I was doing it myself. So I really had to listen to myself. She she listened to the tapes and watched Hmm. the videos a bunch of times, and she was able to go to the pool and then go back and see them again. And then we also do coaching through Zoom, too, so to be able to help people out that way. So it really works because it really is about wow. understanding yourself in the water. It's amazing.
0: So again, so uh, uh, for for people who want to learn more about uh, Orca Swim School in Seattle and in the Pacific Northwest and beyond, uh, where can they learn more information about your online swim classes?
2: Orcaswimschool.com.
0: Perfect wonderful thank you uh and jeff uh when people are what on the web
1: surfing the web
0: perfect uh, they, they can learn more about us uh where
1: uh you can find us on the social media uh at science fears on instagram facebook and twitter
0: thank you and everyone thank you so much for listening to our Episode. Uh, this latest episode of Fear of Science, and in the famous words of Dory from Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, hey, just keep swimming. <laughs>